everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of Cram Time with Grad Connection. Before we dive in, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who reached out to our guest May after our last episode. We loved hearing from you, and your kind words genuinely made our day, so if you too enjoy listening to this episode, please also let us know by either giving us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or a rating if you're on Spotify. It really does help us out. Now let's dive into this month's episode where we have another member of the GC team joining us from one of the more creative sides of the business. Hi everyone, my name is Jenny and I'm currently an Associate Product Manager at Seek and the Grad Connection team. Well, so far on our podcast we've had upcoming grads and then also guests who are quite experienced in their field but you're the first one who's like been working for a couple of years but can still be considered in your early career so you've had quite an interesting journey up until joining (laughs) us here at GC so could you tell me a little bit more about your path from graduating uni to where you are now? So I studied a Bachelor of Law and Commerce and I majored in Finance I studied at the University of Sydney, graduated in 2020, and since then I've worked at a few places. So while I was at uni, I part-time worked at a few law firms. Um, I interned at a few banks at one of the big four accounting firms as well. Once I graduated, I was a graduate at um, Citibank, which I did enjoy, but I wanted something more exciting to do, something where my work would actually show and I could make a difference. So I moved to a startup where... It was a company that uh, helped um, like home service professionals, like cleaners, uh, find clients. Uh, so that was essentially the startup and I really enjoyed my time there. A lot of my work actually um, came to fruition, so it was really enjoyable. But that was when I got to work with some product managers and I thought, wow, this is really exciting. Like product managers um, have a say in what they do, like they can strategize, they talk with users. And I thought it was really interesting. So I started to like kind of look out for like some junior product manager roles. And luckily I was able to interview with Grad Connection as an associate product manager. And here I am. I see that back when you were a student, you interned at, as you said, a lot of the big name companies. Do you talk a little bit about what that was like? Did you feel that pressure of being like a law student and then like trying to make it and like stand out against what I imagine is a very competitive Yeah, kind of definitely. I think when I was in uni, I thought the only way I could get a grad job was if I had all these internship experiences um, on my resume. And I guess every holiday I had, I would just spend it looking for like an internship position and then spending it um, doing the internship itself. Uh, I think that's actually one of my regrets though. Like I wish I took more time to kind of rest and also travel as well. But yeah, when I was in uni, everyone around me was just looking for internships. They all had these like great experiences under the name. So I felt that pressure as well, definitely. And I guess my first internship was at PwC. It was an auditing experience. Um, one of my first corporate opportunities and that's where gained a lot of friends as well, uh, and also learned how to deal with like managers, how to deal with people who have a lot of experience under their belt. Uh, and after that, I moved into a few banks um, just to experience what like the different culture would be like. And all the teams were quite different. I was in consumer banking at City. I was in the risks team uh, at Macquarie Bank. Um, yeah, so just wanted to try out different things so that it could help me decide what I wanted to do in the future as well. A lot of your internships were back to back as well. So like, was that you taking the initiative to like find the opportunities while you were like finishing up at this place, you were already scoping out what you were going to do next? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was very intense when I was in uni 
And I don't know why I thought that was the only way, but maybe like a few years ago, that might have been the only way, like having um, internships in very known names uh, was like potentially maybe the only way. But I think times have definitely changed, especially with COVID as well. And that's why I was saying like a lot of like uh, my friends who are in uni right now have gotten positions um, working like in retail, working in startups, working in like different like in pharmaceuticals like it just all becomes part of your experience but yeah when I was in uni um, because I wasn't sure what I was going to do I think that's why I was a bit more you know (laughs) hardcore finding (laughs) all these different internships and graduate positions yeah I just wanted to try different things to figure out what I wanted to do because like part-time work was law and then internship was more like I guess more my commerce degree Uh, and I wanted to try both things to figure out what I wanted to do in the long run. Were you able to balance the study plus work an internship life or was it that student struggle um it was both so I was luckily able to pack a lot of my tutorials and seminars into like two three days and I'll try to work the other two days yeah I just felt like I always had to work I shouldn't have taken a break which is probably not a great thing like I think when you're in uni that's when you get those long holidays and long breaks and that's when you meet your friends every day so definitely like travel a lot experience different things um I think I was just I don't know why I did it. <laughs> I think it's that mentality that a lot of a lot of us had and I can relate like back in uni it's just mm. like you feel like you're running out of time and then yeah. you have to like do everything in like yeah, exactly x amount of time as mm. a student and like yeah. you always have to be working and then like if you have a resume gap it's like oh my gosh it's gonna look bad but then it's not like I don't think employers necessarily think yeah. of uni students like that yeah. and like in some cases they care more about you know extracurricular activities, activities. yeah or volunteering or like volunteering like one of uh, our earlier podcast yeah. episodes you want to go to it to that? <laughs> plug yeah and I think especially now coming out of uni I would say like enjoy like make the most of your uni mm. experience um yeah especially after COVID hit and you weren't on like campus anymore it's just like that period of your life is that gone that will be over before you know it so yeah make the most of it yeah definitely so then what was it like going from all of those legal and finance areas and what you studied to the product field I think you mentioned like you were just curious after seeing product managers. So what made you want to switch? Yeah, so there was like great resignation period during COVID um, where I think people felt, oh, like, what am I doing with my life? You know, you know, am I doing anything that's important? Like, what's the purpose of my life? So I think I had a similar mindset during the time. Like I was working from home um, at Citibank and obviously I had a great team. I enjoyed what I was doing, but uh, because I was quite junior, it was more just very basic things like writing emails, being part of meetings, some Excel sheets. And I felt like, oh, I feel like I can contribute more to this world and to like the organization I'm part of. That's probably why I decided to move into the startup as well. And moving to the startup, uh, you just get a lot of exposure to different teams and different individuals. I love the young vibe and I love that I could talk to like people like in marketing, people in the business side, in ops side. And that's where I got the opportunity to work with some product managers. And it kind of opened my eyes to what they were doing, which is essentially like talking to all the stakeholders, talking to the users, uh, considering how they can improve the product so that it's better for the user as well. And I loved the idea of that, the idea of being able to talk to all these different stakeholders, being able to be creative and having a say in what, you know, makes the product better. So that got me kind of curious into the field. 
So were you scared to make that switch into a field, I guess, that you didn't necessarily study in? I feel like for a lot of students that might be like, oh my gosh, I spent like five years at uni (laughs) doing like law and finance and then now I'm like going into, yeah, something completely different. Yeah, definitely. I was quite nervous. I felt like I kind of... uh, you know, it was kind of useless five years, six years studying <laughs> commerce and law and I'm and not going to it in the end. So I was quite conflicted as well because I considered doing my PLT after graduating my law degree, which helps me get admitted as a lawyer. But in the end, I kind of decided to do what I'm more passionate about and something that um, will bring me joy. Because thinking about it, like people work 50% of their lives and I didn't want to work in a field that wasn't as exciting or challenging. Like obviously like law and finance is a really challenging industry as well but yeah I just wanted to be really motivated to go to work and product management seemed like the correct industry for me Um, yeah that's why I'm here well hopefully that inspires other students out there who are wondering whether they should make that switch or not because it's not an easy decision to make yeah definitely I feel like the first few years out of university um, even a lot of my friends right now as well they they're very conflicted they're like oh I don't know if this is what I want to do like can I change jobs right now I'm a bit like older now I'm not a university graduate but I think like this is all part of the experience right like trying new things I mean helps you realize like what kind of manager you want to work with what kind of team you want to work with what kind of work you want to do so I think it all just becomes part of the experience Mm, yeah and sometimes it's hard to tell whether you're actually in the right field until you go into the profession because what you're studying is very different to what it's actually like exactly so you mentioned a little bit about working at a startup and it sounds like you enjoyed your time there. So what are the comparisons that you made being in a startup compared to being in some of the bigger named companies? Yeah, so there are a few differences and they're quite major differences as well. Like I've recommended um, to my friends to work in startups before and obviously it's not for everyone. So in general, startups tend to have a more like younger vibe um, you see a lot of like university graduates or like um, people who are quite early on in their career they have like really interesting perks like all these merch uh, or like you know, these offsites. <laughs> yeah merch like why not like I love everyone merch. loves freebies yeah 100 percent um, and it's also less structure which is a pro and a con depending on your personality if you like being autonomous if you like having a lot of responsibility and building projects and processes from the ground up, then I recommend a startup. Whereas if you want a lot of structured training, you want um, like connections with people who have a lot of experience under their belt, then I'd recommend a bigger company because they have the training for you, they have the resources and they have the structured processes so that you don't need to create it from the ground up. So that's some of the differences I can note right now. Well, then moving on to more about product management in general and your role as a product manager, I feel like product isn't one of the areas that come top of mind for a lot of students. I mean, for me, I didn't even know that it was a thing until I came to Grad Connection. So can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly a product manager does and like what a typical day in the work looks like for you? Cool. So what does a product manager do? I'm quite new to the role in itself, um, but if I had to create kind of like a definition for it, uh, it would be product managers are advocates for the users of the product. We talk and listen to users and consider what we can do and how we can improve the product. Yeah. And I guess day to day, a lot of it is we work in sprints. So we work in this 
um, two-week framework. And during those two weeks, we have certain things we want to achieve so that we can improve our product, whether it be launching a feature, changing a sidebar, whatever it is, just we, we want to improve some kind of feature on the product itself. Um, and during this time, we work with developers, we work with product designers, the marketing team, and we also talk to a lot of users to get their insights as well. Mm, so is that like interacting with a lot of different teams? Is that something that appeals to you or do you find that a challenging part of the job? I think both. So one of the reasons I didn't go into law was because when I was part-time working at law firms, I saw all these lawyers working in singular rooms um, and majority of the day they were like reading case files, reading books and stuff. And obviously I'm a bit introverted, but I still wanted a role where I could talk to diverse people. I could like maybe 50% of the day, like talk to someone and collaborate with them. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like a pro and a con, like sometimes introverted me is like struggles. Like, there's so many meetings to go into, but another part of me is really enjoying this interaction with other teams. So then I guess being a product manager involves both the creative and the analytical side of things. Would you say it's more important to have one or the other? Um, I would say they're quite all equally important. So like, for example, the creative side is having to strategize and consider how we can improve a product. Um, there's also like communication skills is really important as well. You talk to users, but you also talk to internal stakeholders. So that's really important, but also you need the analytics side because we don't want to just bring out ideas that we think is important, but it's more about looking at data, looking at if there's any like empirical evidence that suggests that this feature will actually make a difference for our users. Yeah, so all equally important. If you could round it up into like top three qualities that someone who wants to go into product should have, what would you say they are? I would say number one, what I mentioned before, communication skills, um, just having that ability to talk to different stakeholders, uh, which is probably important for any role because you'll be dealing with like different teams in whatever position you're in. Um, but just having that communication skills for internal stakeholders, but also with users and having like that empathy as well. Obviously, you want to empathize with the students when you talk to them as well. So the users for Grad Connection would be the students. So when I say students, it's the users. Um, second of all would be uh, potentially strategic thinking that comes back to us having to get the insights, getting the data and using that to think how strategically we can improve the product in the short short run and also the long run as well. Uh, and obviously comes with that is like a passion for the product. Um, I think that's really important. Like I am personally quite passionate for like the empowerment of university students. That's why when I got this job role, I was like super happy because I could actually work with um, a group of people that I was quite passionate about. And thirdly will be organization slash prioritization skills. So in a product role, you get a lot of different stakeholders coming to you with different ideas and suggestions of new features. And I think it's really important for us to be able to organize all of that and prioritize them so that we don't get too inundated with a lot of work. Um, just making sure the important parts get shipped out first. Mm -hmm. So would you say that juggling different priorities is one of the biggest challenges about your role? Or if it's not, what do you think is the most challenging thing? Uh, I would say two things. It is the prioritization skills. So I guess um, having worked at different companies, I have the basic prioritization skills. If I get like 10 tasks, I know how to prioritize them. But in product, it's not 10 similar tasks. It's like 10 or 15 different tasks from different teams, from the sales team, marketing team. Um, from the users as well so just being able to ask the correct questions like like why is this important like why why do you think like we should um, make this improvement in the next 
next week or two. So being able to just get all these items and prioritize them uh, in the order that will actually benefit the product and the users, I think is quite important. And it's like a skill that I'm trying to hone right now as well. I feel like from a lot of working with you, it's also like a lot of projects in progress that you have to manage. It's not like you can be like, oh, this is done in, I don't know, like X amount of time. It's a lot of development and like planning and ongoing things. So, yeah. Well, then finally, what advice do you have for students who are interested in going into product management? And would you say that there's a particular course or subject area that they should study to get into it? Yeah. So there's no product management degree at university that I know of. There are some like online courses that people can take. Um, but personally, I didn't take it and I was able to like land on this role. So I don't think it's a must for everyone that wants to get into product management. I do notice a lot of um, product managers have a computer science degree. Um, so it might be helpful to have that technical background. But again, I don't think it's a must. Um, if I had to provide like one advice, then it would be to try to get relevant work experience. So if you see my experience right now, it's a more junior role. It's an associate product manager role. There are junior business analyst roles. There's junior product owner roles. So there are just relevant roles um, within the product management sphere that is a bit more easier to get into. And once you have those skill sets honed and built out, you can apply for more senior roles in product management. That's probably like the advice I can give. Well, I can definitely see how the computer science background help mm, with understanding. Would help. Yeah. Well, especially in the if you're in the tech sphere, mm. then having that. Yeah, definitely. It's a good advantage. Understanding, yeah. yeah. Our first quick picks for the month is Veris' 2023 Graduate Surveyor Program. Join the only business in Australia to offer the full range of surveying and spatial services. You'll get to work on leading world-class projects in disciplines including engineering, surveying, digital and spatial, and more. Applications are also open for Wiley Edge's 2022 graduate program. Kickstart your tech career at a place that will provide you with professional training, a community of like-minded grads, and a generous graduate salary with pay rises every six months. Finally, to round us out, Credit Suisse are currently hiring for their 2022-23 Summer Analyst programs. Over 11 weeks, you'll get a taster of what life is like in either private banking, investment banking, capital markets, or sales and trading. As always, the links for these opportunities can be found in the show notes. Check them out and apply now on the Grad Connection site. Well then, let's pivot a little bit into more general early careers now and that transitional period of going from being a grad to a working professional. So since you've had quite a few experiences joining a new company now, how do you get over that new role anxiety and what are some of the things that you do when you first join a company? Yeah, so that new role anxiety is real. <laughs> I think it's happened for every new role I've had just because you don't know what to expect. Um, you've interviewed with people, but you've probably only met one or two people in the team. You don't know the team culture. You don't know what time people go off to lunch. You don't know what time I can even go home. Like, yeah. I just always ask, can I go to lunch now? Like, <laughs> doing my internships. And like, all the team members would be like, yeah, of course, I like, yeah. go anytime. <laughs> but it just, these are things you don't learn when you're in university or when you get your first internship. Like you kind of like need to look and suss out what the team is like before you actually like adapt to it. Um, so the first thing I would recommend 
interns do, which is quite difficult, like looking back, is to really set up some time with all the stakeholders or people in your team at least. It's really nerve wracking, just like even putting that meeting invite in. But I promise you, like they, everyone in the team is probably really excited to meet you and open to meeting you as well. So just setting up some time for like a coffee catch up or even um, in the office, 10 minutes just to chat uh, and just to get to know that person. I think that will be really helpful. Like once you're comfortable with the members in the team, you'll probably feel more relaxed coming to work and even asking them like, what time do people normally go to lunch? <laughs> or like, what time do we normally need to leave? You know, there's just some questions that you wouldn't ask on your first day, but you might if you're more comfortable with a person. So I'd recommend just setting up some time, even if it's up outside your comfort zone. Mm, great tips there. So then how do you transition from that stage of like being and acquaintance or setting up those first meetings and then like well I guess like how do you make friends with other colleagues is my question (laughs) yeah that is a hard question I feel like um looking back the one thing that made my internships better was my grad or internship cohort or just having that one friend that I can talk to or rant to at work um and I think it's just like if I had to give advice is just try to find that one friend um I've luckily been able to find that in every workplace, just even if they're not like similar age or similar background, just having that one person you really connect with and they and like hopefully they have a bit more experience in the firm or the organization itself. That really, really helps because they can help you like network as well. They can help you be more comfortable in the space as well. So that's my tip. Like that's the first thing I did, like try to find that one person that I can kind of like leech off and just like <laughs> stick with. Yeah. So then one of the things that, yes, we've also talked a little bit about is that we are both introverts and then as a product manager like you mentioned before it can be quite draining when you have to do a lot of liaising with different teams or like be in a lot of meetings and run workshops as well which I know you love facilitating (laughs) (laughs) which is sarcasm listeners can't tell (laughs) um so then how do you find ways to best cope with this or if it's still a learning experience then what have you found helps Yeah, well, I think I've been very lucky with my current team. Like everyone's super wonderful, super nice and super welcoming. So I didn't, like I haven't felt that like uncomfortability and like really forcing myself to step outside my comfort zone, even though there are times I do need to, like when I facilitate a lot of meetings. Um, So I guess that's one thing that people should take note of if they want to go into product management. There's a lot of meetings, there's a lot of like workshops that we need to facilitate and that will be like majority of your day sometimes. So it's something that um, you should be ready for before you actually get into the role. And I guess the thing I mentioned before, like getting to know the team really helps. If I was in front of like a group of strangers, I'll probably be more uncomfortable compared to if I was facilitating a meeting with my current team because I'm more comfortable with them. So like I was able to achieve that by like really attending some of the events like board game sessions, um, catching up with them one-on-one to get to know them on a more personal level. That really helped me um, come outside my shell as well. And I think it's okay to be introverted as well because majority of your team will be potentially introverted as well. Not everyone's going to be extroverted. And by being introverted, you can understand how they're feeling. So I think it's there's a lot of pros in being introverted in the workforce. That goes out to all of you other introverted people people. out there. So then I guess now this is a phenomenon that people at all stages of their career and experience level go through. But I think imposter syndrome is Mm. particularly common for those of us in our early careers. So have you ever experienced it, particularly when you're switching into a new field in product? And if you have, do you have any tips on how to overcome it? 
Yeah, so in my current role, as I kind of talked about before, generally people who go into product management already have product management experience. Um, I was luckily able to land this role, but I didn't have any experience that really related to product management. So the imposter syndrome was very real, especially since um, my manager luckily gave me the exposure to like leading like workshops and meetings from like month one. So it was a good experience in the sense that like I had to really push my boundaries and step up my game. But again, I had really bad imposter syndrome because people would ask me questions that I felt like I couldn't answer. Um, I think the first thing is just being open and honest about what you know and don't know and just being open to like saying, oh, I am a bit new. I might not be able to give you the best advice or best information, um, but I'll try to help you out as much as I can. Uh, I think sometimes people forget that you're quite new because they've been in the company for a while, but it's just reminding them that you're quite new, but you'll try to help them as much as you can is um, advice I'll probably give. And second of all is trying to improve yourself as well. So the first thing I did when I came into the company was try to get books and read a lot of articles that was related to product management, um, that was related to like product design and also uh, maybe even like asking the devs a lot of like technical questions, like jargons that I, le- I learned or heard during the stand-ups or the meetings, but like I didn't know the definition to. So I'll try to ask them for help. Yeah, so just continuous learning and just being really cur- curious about everything that really helps with the imposter syndrome as well. Well, speaking of being curious and then pursuing extra learning and development opportunities. Recently, you were a Startmate fellow. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? And what yeah, that so for anyone who's interested in startups, I'd recommend the Startmate fellowship. So they have a student fellowship and a women's fellowship. It's essentially a group of individuals who are passionate about startups. And you are part of like a 10-week cohort where you learn different things each week. So it could be like how to land a job in a startup, what's a startup like, um, how do you negotiate salary when you go into a startup? You know, how, how do you interview? So there's just different tips that goes into those sessions every week. And you also get a mentor who is uh, someone who's working in a startup and they're quite high up. So you can ask them for advice. You can ask them for, um, you know, tips and tricks on how to get into a startup. You also get a group of buddies that help you along those 10 weeks so that you can adapt and utilize the startup resources well. Uh, So yeah, I was part of the Women's Fellowship this year and I was able to meet really great women uh, who were in startups or who were passionate about startups. And a lot of them actually ended up with jobs in startups as well. So I think it's just been a great cohort to be part of. Yeah, so I highly recommend it to anyone interested in the startup industry. Awesome. Well, then another thing that you're a part of and I think you started recently is the She Codes Australia program. So that's super exciting. So is that something that you're very curious or passionate about learning to code to try and help you with your your product management? Yeah, definitely. So after coming into product management, I realized one of my limitations was definitely my lack of technical um, expertise and background especially in the beginning of my journey as well. Like there were a lot of questions I had and I wasn't able to fully understand what the developers were going through just because I lacked that technical background. Uh, So I started to look out for uh, like coding programs and courses or even videos, but a lot of them were quite expensive. Like there were a few thousand dollars and Mm. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can spend that much for for coding. Um, And luckily I was able to find SheCodes Australia, which is, organization that supports women interested in coding and they provide like a six to seven month uh, like coding program that helps you learn with different languages like 
uh, HTML, CSS, Python, React, just all these different languages. So I've been, uh, I started around a month ago, finished my HTML and CSS course, created awesome. my own portfolio. Whoa. Check it out on my LinkedIn. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, I'm really excited for it to to continue and for me to quite like learn all these different languages. So hopefully I can um, code in my free time, but also help out in as a better product manager for my team as well. That's awesome. I guess then do you consider like these extracurricular activities part of helping with your um, work-life balance? And then speaking more broadly on that, how do you find time to balance your lifestyle outside of work? Yeah, so work-life balance is really important for me. <laughs> it's probably one of the reasons I didn't go into law as well because <laughs> um, the hours are a bit longer than what I'm doing now. Uh, so work-life balance is definitely important for me. Um, but part of my life balance is me learning new things and me experiencing new things. Um, as I said, like I regret not traveling in all those like summer breaks. So I guess like that's kind of like reflected now. Like I want to get every opportunity to learn and do what I enjoy as well. So Starmate was something I really enjoyed doing. She codes. I've always wanted to learn coding. So for me, rather than it being part of like another work thing to do, it's actually something I really enjoy doing. I can go and I meet other women who are really interested in coding as well. I'll be able to connect, we're able to network and just chill and talk about like our portfolios. So it's just, I count it as more like my life balance, um, which I really enjoy. And I think... Um, continuous learning and just upskilling is really important, especially when we're young. Like it's not something I can maybe sustain until I'm like in my, you know, 40s or 50s. So I want to do everything I can while I'm a bit younger. Mm. And then also on the on the flip side of that, are you the type of person who like switches off your notifications at like 5.30 when the workday's over? Yes. Or, do you, or do you find it hard to like <laughs> – ignore them and you're like oh no like must respond to this message because like I know like the feeling of because you're like new and like in your early mm. career like you want to impress people and you want to be like oh like I'm always here but then yeah it's like finding that type of balance right I think I've changed over the years so when I was an intern I would literally wait until at least 60% of my team had had left the office and then I would leave because yeah. I just didn't know what time I could leave yeah even though obviously it's like once your work is done you can go um but you don't get told that when you're an intern like in the orientation they didn't tell you oh lunch time is this time like you can leave at this time so there were a lot of things I was really unsure of so I'll generally wait and once I just waited till the last person left and that was like quite late as well because I just didn't know what to do and no one tells you like you can leave at this time um so I think like what's important is when you have that first internship or like grad position um talk to your manager or talk to someone in your team to manage expectations be like oh just generally like what time does a team leave um if my work is done can I go like is lunch any time like there are just certain things you're quite worried about when you first start mm -hmm. um but now that I've had a few work experiences I think I'm better at kind of like managing work-life balance so my notifications um they end at 6 p.m uh -huh. but after work maybe I finish work around like 5 5 30 like I generally don't check but just in case there are any urgent work that's why I leave it on until 6 p.m yeah and I try not to check my my slack or my work emails after then yeah it's difficult but yeah I think it takes time and in letting that go yeah um, yeah especially when you're an intern grad you feel like you really need to impress a team to yeah. get that offer yeah it's a bit more stressful then did you have any other points or stories that you'd like to share maybe a time where you thought things were going wrong 
but then it turned out okay in the end. It's like every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think back. I don't know. It's a hard question. I'm like trying to think back. It's been so long now. I think still if I had to pick one of the most like challenging work, it would probably be the startup because it was so unstructured. It was literally me doing the newsletters. Like I have no like marketing experience, but I was writing newsletters for our our partners or like users um, and I was also creating these like competitions for them like if they refer more people they get like an airpod so like all these competitions just coming from the ground up me typing and it being executed so it was a very I think a bit worrisome because I'm the type who needs a bit of structure and I need to have 100% like guarantee success rate or like <laughs> me knowing that it's going to work for yeah. it to be executed but in this role it's more like my manager will be like hey just have a go see how it works out if not we'll just end it in a week and try something else <laughs> so it was a lot of like trial and error yeah. and so I think it really pushed me um outside my comfort zone I had to do things even though I was unsure whether it was going to work um but I guess that's like pro of being in a startup like you as a young person you're able to have all these ideas and your manager was like yeah just try it because we don't know what's going to work <laughs> we'll see how it goes we'll look at the data and see if like people actually like use this for example so I think that was a really exciting time for me as well, where they were, like I was able to change the app by myself. I'm not even a developer, but I'll just add these videos onto the app because wow. I have the ability to do that yeah. um, without getting my manager to even check it. Because wow. they're like, yeah, it's fine. I just do it. <laughs> we'll see if they even watch the videos. <laughs> so it was a lot of autonomy and a lot of learning because I had to read, like create my own manual and read my own manual to do it. Yeah, so I guess that's like one of the uh, activities or tasks I did where it was quite challenging but really exciting as well. Mm, I think it's like, yeah, you definitely have a lot of freedom but mm. then it's also super scary because you're like, am I qualified to, to do, this? do this? Oh, yeah, and imposter like, syndrome again, very yeah, real. Again. And it's like, yeah, like this is just going out to the world. Like <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't work out, well, then oh, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you love that, then definitely go into a startup because that's all you're, you're going to get. <laughs> You learn a lot for sure, yeah. I'm sure. Any stories from the big company roles, like as an intern? So I guess this is more like tips to get your offers as well. Because obviously when you intern, you intern with like a few other people and not everyone might get an offer. But that offer is quite important, especially if you want to have a guaranteed grad position. So maybe just a few tips would be, I know I said like leave on time and stuff and like... <laughs> The duality, yeah, though. Yeah. Um, I think it's still like, for example, if my team stays till 5, 5.30 and me leaving at 4 p.m. probably wouldn't be the best thing to do as well. Um, that's why like talking to your managers and ma managing expectations is really important. And that's like the first thing I did. And number two is always take a notebook around. Even if you're not taking notes, like even taking that notebook around is really helpful. And just jotting down things that people say during meetings is is really helpful. Like even if you might not read it in the future again, like just showing people that you're quite keen um, and that you're willing to learn is really helpful as well. Third one is in meetings. Try to contribute. This is super hard and I don't think I did it enough, but whatever you say, people are not going to look down on it because they know you're an intern. They'll just think, oh, this person's really keen to contribute. This person has been listening to the meetings and has their own ideas formed. Uh, I think that's a feedback I actually got. Um, they asked me to like, you know, to talk more in meetings and contribute more. So I try to do that in like subsequent meetings, which is hard as an introvert because you don't know anyone. And these people have had like 30 years of experience working. But 
it's a really good experience for you in the long run as well. Like in any company you go to, you'll have to contribute to a meeting anyway. So it's good to kind of start that habit when you're younger. Mm, I think that's very relatable and something that I'm still working on personally is like sometimes in a meeting it's just like well like I don't have I don't think I have anything meaningful to yeah, say or like yeah. someone else has already said it yeah so I'm like I'm not gonna say something yeah, that might be like exactly. dismissed or sound stupid but then like you know at the end of the day like everybody's insights are valuable so mm. like you know don't dismiss your own opinion and just like give it a go now it's time for a bit of a fun quick fire round of this or that. So I'm going to give you two options and then you can tell me which one that you prefer. Cool. So number one is working from home or working in the office. Um, working from home. I, I like coming to the office, but the only reason I say I work from home is because I have a dog. Oh, so yes, yeah, every time dog. I stress... I just go and hug my dog and sometimes during meetings she comes up to me and she just like puts a paw on my leg and I touch her paw and I feel better. Yeah, and I also need to take her for walks or she starts like crying and I'm like, oh no, I feel bad. So that's probably like the one reason why I do enjoy working from home. But I love coming in as well and just meeting everyone. Well, the highlights of Zoom meetings is seeing Jenny's dog pop up. So, <laughs> so cute. Yes, she's, she's work therapy for all of us. <laughs> Big company or startup company? Oh, that's really, really hard to answer. <laughs> um, now that I'm a big company, I would have to say a big company. Yeah, I would say maybe in your the beginning of your career, it wouldn't be bad to go to a big company to get the training, to get the resources, to get um, if they have like any courses, like take those courses and then move into a startup uh, and see what it's like to have more autonomy, to set up your own processes. And then after that, you can decide what, you prefer as well mm. I think everyone that's been on this podcast has always been like pros and cons of both and then you yeah you choose what what suits you best yeah next one is make it a meeting or send it in an email <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> I know because you have so many meetings I have so many but... meetings uh, but the reason why it's hard is because if it's one other party, email is easier. Yeah. It's usually like three or four different stakeholders from different teams, which makes email changes really messy. So I would say if it's something we can do in a like a Teams or Slack group message, then do that first. If not, meeting. And third option will probably be email. I don't think I write emails too much here, which is actually a major difference with big companies. So when I was at like at Macquarie or Citibank or Westpac, all of them use emails very regularly. We wouldn't chat as often, um, although it did happen. Whereas here, I realized we use Slack 90% of the time. A lot, like, yeah. Yeah, emails is more for any like official documentations or if we're talking to external parties. So then going back to the I guess, interview process and you were interviewing for roles, did you prefer virtual or in-person interviews? Um, I prefer in-person. I think I... I'm less nervous in person for some reason and I like showing my body language and I feel like it's easier to make jokes and make the 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 vibe a bit more chiller if I'm yes. like in person whereas like Zoom they can't really see my hands well they yeah. can't see my facial expressions as well so I prefer in person mm. and you can't read the other person yeah exactly yeah so an individual or group interviews individual <laughs> Did you have to do a lot of um, assessment centers for your yeah. intern grad um, Yes, I did. And they were fun. But as an introvert, I think it's hard to stand out in an assessment center or group interview. 
because they are extroverted people who don't mind talking um, to people or like in a group. Whereas for introverts, I think we prefer smaller groups just to have that more intimate relationship and we're a bit more comfortable. So it just brings out the real you. Um, but obviously we can't choose when we're applying. So yeah, it is difficult. Do you have any advice on how to stand out in a in an assessment center for the group tasks, I guess? Yeah, so I would advise people to not talk over others because I think a lot of students think, oh, if I talk a lot, if I contribute a lot, I'll get the position. But actually the assessors, some of them are introverts as well. So they don't really like it when people talk over others. The first thing I try to do is memorize um, the names of uh, members in my group so when I when I refer to them I say hey like Karen hey Tom like I don't say um excuse me what do you think about yeah. this yeah. Uh, just having that professional demeanor like just having like being understanding being kind while you're in the group activity as well and as an introvert it's quite difficult but trying to find that space to say your view is really important as well like if I know as an introvert, introvert it's hard to um, speak out but if you don't speak out you probably not get the position so it's like it's hard it's a hard balance between not talking over others but also not just being quiet the whole time like if you have structured responses then try to find a good gap and also if others are saying um, their view it's all really good for us to say oh I like that's a really good view like I understand where you're coming from I think just to add on that x y and z rather than saying, oh, like, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like, I don't think that's right. Like, just like really being em- empathetic, but also using that person's stand view to add on your views as well. That's a good way for us to bounce off others rather than like trying to speak out and like stand out as well. Mm, for sure. I think, yeah, the tip about calling, memorizing names, names and just yeah. calling people by their first name really helps. Yeah. It's like, oh, it, you're like yeah. way more assertive than saying yes hello person (laughs) yeah exactly and it makes the other person feel good as well so they are more inclined to listen to what you're saying to wrap things up for our concluding questions if you could give one piece of career or job search related advice to yourself in first year uni which would be seven years ago I guess now what would you say I would say don't think or if you're in commerce, for example, don't think only commerce roles will help. Like I know people who got grad positions and intern positions by being like a manager in a retail position, like in a retail store. I know people who've gotten it by having roles in startups as well. So these days it's not just about having that relevant experience, not just law experience, not just commerce experience, but it's really like what makes you stand out as a candidate. Um, I know someone who opened their own startup, like obviously it didn't work well. It was just a very small website that helped um, high school students like do well in the exams. But just having that experience under their belt, I think was really what helped him stand out amongst all these other candidates who had like five law experiences. So that's one thing I would say, just um, do what you enjoy and find like a unique way to stand out rather than just being part of um, the wave of other, com- other candidates out there. So then finally, it's time for the good old plug at the end of every episode. So is there anything that you've read recently that you found exciting or inspiring that you want to share to upcoming grads that you think would be helpful? Can it be my own personal advice? Yeah, go for it. Just from life and also also like talking to others. I guess I kind of heard from them as well. Um, I think rejections are really common when you're applying for internships and graduate positions and sometimes they get you down but coming from my experience and also a lot of my friends experience 
rejection actually helps you build experience points. So I've done so many interviews in the past that now I'm less nervous when I interview. I know what kind of questions they'll ask. I know what kind of answers I can give as well. And also another thing is when you are in an interview, don't always think that you have to um, answer with an like a corporate or work-related story as well. Like I realized one of the interview uh, responses I have is related to basketball. Like I used to play basketball and that's actually been the most engaging story that any other interview like, interviewers have had, if that makes sense. Like yeah, yeah. they've told me that that story was the most engaging one and that it's helped me got in my roles. So it doesn't have to be work related. It can be like personal related. It can be like extracurricular related. Um, so just gaining a lot of experience in different fields and um, using your rejections as experience points to help you improve your next application, I think is just like a good advice I can provide. Well, then that brings us to the end of Cram Time with Grad Connection, episode four. Thanks so much to Jenny for coming on and bringing your insights from the world of product and your early careers experience. And we'll see you all next episode. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> awesome. As always, thanks to everyone for tuning in and don't forget to visit us at au.gradconnection.com for all your graduate, internship and entry-level job search needs. Next month, we'll be rounding out the end of the year and our very first season of Cram Time with Grad Connection with a very special guest who will be telling us about how grad recruitment has changed over the years. It's not one to be missed, so we'll see you next time and until then, all the best. <laughs>